Welcome. You've turned into Rockstar Millennial Spotlight, featuring Katherine Spitznagel, professional coach, speaker, and author of the book, Rockstar Millennials, Developing the Next Generation of Leaders. On this show, we'll feature millennials who represent this high-energy, creative, and entrepreneurial generation, and spotlight Rockstar Millennials who are living their purpose, helping others, and making a difference right where they are. Please join me in welcoming our host, Katherine Spitznagel. Hi, this is Katherine Spitznagel. Welcome to Rockstar Millennial Podcast. And today we are excited to have a special guest with us, Miss Lily Scalf. Lily, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And Lily is um, a woman of many, many talents. Uh, you're, you're a fashion designer. Um, you are teaching uh, young people about fashion and um, sewing and tailoring. Uh, You do silk dyes. Um, You have a heart for the, for sustainability and the environment and, um, and a heart for people. And so tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I kind of started on a whim really back in 2012 I was a stay-at-home mom with my two boys, and I kind of always grew up painting fashion illustrations and thought one day, I was like, oh, that might be cool. I wanted something different to do. I like to continue to challenge myself, and I was like, I think I'll go buy a sewing machine. Um, (laughs) I just went to Walmart and picked up a little $100 machine, and within six months, had my first 12-piece collection and showed on my first runway. Yes, and where was that first runway? So the first runway was in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, It was called Midwest Fashion Week, and then going to that brought me to my second one, which actually happened to be Paris Fashion Week. Yeah, that. You hopped right into Paris. (laughs) (laughs) I know, when we first had coffee, I'm like, wait, wait, what? You showed... You bought a sewing machine, then you just did a 12-piece collection, and and then the next thing you knew, you went to Paris, and you were in Fashion Week in Paris, and you're like, yeah. (laughs) And I think it was such a whirlwind, I didn't even really register, like, everything that was going on. It was just in my brain, like, okay, let's just keep doing, doing, and doing. So I wish, looking back on it, I would have, like, taken in everything so much more, but it was the best experience. Yeah. And there just there happened to be someone um, in at the indie shows, right? The fashion shows that uh, was sort of scouting uh, for Correct. Paris. Yeah. Yep. So tell us about yep. that 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 whole journey. Yeah. So and that that's very frequent um, that some people will be associated to a lot of different shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and she happened to come up to a couple of us after the show and invited us uh, to go to Paris next. And I, of course, was just excited about the moment, Mm -hmm. but being in it so quickly and so soon, not knowing much about the business side, I always like to share more of that story because um, she was the middleman for us to the actual Paris show um, person in charge of that event. Mm-hmm. And so closer to the show, it seemed that she kind of like 
I wasn't able to get in touch with her anymore, but everything was kind of set in place. And a lot of shows, like, they charge you money. Like, yes. no matter what, even the bigger shows, like, you have to pay. To, okay. Even if you're invited, mm-hmm. you pay to be a part of it. And you get the press and news coverage. Like, you get a bunch of stuff for that money. Plus, it helps them put on the show itself. Right. So, uh, we did that. And come to find out when we showed up in Paris, um, the lady let me know that my money did not make it all the way to her where it was supposed to. So we unfortunately right. did not get any of the press um, photos or any of the other coverage that the other designers received. But it was a great learning curve for the business side of things. Um, right when I go to teach classes, I like to tell people that if they're thinking of getting in any industry really like that um, to be more aware of those things. Right. And it, it's not unusual in that industry to have sort of brokers or agents. So that, no, that was no, not, not uncommon for someone. And, nope. and it's not unusual to have them have to be sort of scouts. So mm-hmm. all of those things fit with the fashion industry that you go, yeah, that happens. And this person yep. sort of represents and gets me into uh, Paris. Another thing a lot of people, a lot of designers, young designers don't know and thank you for sharing that, that, that you pay to be in those collections. And, um, and yes, it's an honor, and yes, you get exposure, uh, but it also costs money. So not only does it cost to develop the, um, the designs and your collection, uh, but it actually, you pay to play. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, um, so thank you for sharing that, uh, because that is a side of uh, fashion that uh, a lot of young designers don't know uh going in correct yeah so that was a a lesson yeah yeah, lesson learned but as you say great experience and and what a great thing to have on your resume Uh, you know almost right out of the gate yeah my first collection was in in (laughs) indy my second one was in paris so there Mm -hmm. there's that (laughs) and i still have great connections to that so after that, I actually got invited to New York, but with that experience, I was like, I'm going to wait <laughs> for a minute. Yeah. If I'm going to do that, I want to take this, learn from it and do it the right way. Um, yeah. But so I still have connections that I could reach out to today and be involved with things. So regardless, it was fantastic for my career. Right. And you did Phoenix, right? You did one yeah. there too. So you've, yeah. you've done a few different uh, regional ones and I know you're getting connected in Chicago too. And so, yeah. yeah, stay stay tuned, listeners, because you'll see more. <laughs> you'll see more um, of, of Lily. So, yeah, um, Phoenix so, was my last one, and it's been a couple of years, so I'm ready. You're ready, ready for another one. Yeah. <laughs> and so, tell us a little bit about what you design. I, I've seen some of your beautiful work. Uh, I, I know you do evening wear. You do wedding gowns. Uh, you do custom. You do one of a kind. Um, so yeah. tell us about that, how, how you migrated into that. So um, in the beginning, I really kind of started making making everything, and it narrowed it down to uh, I ended up being more of a dressmaker is what my passion was. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing wedding dresses, prom dresses, uh, a couple of pageants where I had the opportunity to make pieces turn into other pieces I kind of like the mechanics mm-hmm. of that which yeah. is really really cool um and something I like custom because then it was just a really special experience 
Mm-hmm. Plus, being in a smaller town, it just seemed to be what made sense to be able to have work in. Um, and I knew that I did not want to just put out a collection. Like, I could do that. I talked to people. I went to manufacturing. I said, but, like, I want to be different. Right. And so that was when I really started looking a little bit more into the natural side of things because mm-hmm. there are so many chemicals in our clothes and then the way our clothes are made. Um, there's just so many negative things that I didn't want to be a part of the problem. I wanted to be a part of the solution. So mm-hmm. then I just started dabbling with dyeing textiles with plants. Right. And you've done the, the design side for what, 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. And then have gotten more into the sustainability side. And I think that's interesting, that uh, passion for sustainability and for natural fabrics and for natural dyes and natural processes. And that was part of the Mm -hmm. reason you weren't interested in, um, you know, going retail and just rolling out, you know, hundreds of thousands of one garment. Um, Mm -hmm. And so tell us now uh, what, what you're doing now with the fabrics and, uh, and the silks, the beautiful silks. Yeah, so what I started doing is I do make um, some accessories. And I do go to market, but where my passion is really lied with it is growing a conscious consumer. So I've been taking the dyes and textiles into schools and teaching kids about it because it is one, it's super fun and very artistic, so they enjoy yeah. it. Um, it's very scientific, so they're learning something, and mm-hmm. it just makes it fun for that age group to get that information mm-hmm. in while doing something exciting. Right. And I was uh, excited to see one of your your recent uh, fashion shows um, that you were a mentor for young folks and what, like seventh, eighth grade, right? These are young people. Oh, yeah. The uh, Riverfront Museum. Yes. One. Yes, that was fantastic. It was, it was such a great group, and those kids were so, so talented. Yes, and you um, you worked with them upcycling. Let's find things and remake them into other things given a certain theme. Correct. Yeah. So, so their inspiration was based off of the Andy Warhol exhibit mm-hmm. at the museum, which I thought was phenomenal. Yeah, it, it was. And what they did with it was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. not, not only the, the wardrobing, but um, also the, you know, the hair and makeup and, and all of those things. Very creative. And um, yeah, there was a great great artistic team when it came to the hair and makeup there was another designer um who also helped mentor it was such a great group that was able to make this what it was Mm -hmm. um and then the talent of the kids of course and we want to keep that going i know that they are i believe they're planning to do that again next year and um we actually have we are starting a peoria fashion week um, I saw that. I think yes. I believe the first one will be this April. Wonderful. Yeah. So, so look forward to that. Many opportunities. Yes. You're just everywhere. And you're a, um, a, a partner in a, in a marketing firm. Tell us a little bit about that. Whiskey Crawler. Yeah. Creative. Yeah. I do a little <laughs> bit of that too. So I think that came from, and I think a lot of people can relate in any 
any business owner, you become a jack of all trades because either you're saving money or um, time-wise, like you just need to do things on your own. So you learn a lot more parts of the business aspect. So right. I always created my own website. I always created my own logos and things of that nature. So it made sense um, when Travis asked and said that he needed some help on his boutique agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we do that. We help um, small businesses tell their story. Right, yeah. Relate, relate to their customer. Mm-hmm. So tell us, um, you're, you're a mom, you're a single mom with two. I am. Yep, two boys. Yep. And, uh, yep. and so you have this marketing firm, this boutique firm, and you do designing and um, you do a lot with fabric and you do a lot with young people and workshops and um, events like at the uh, museum. So how... Just a couple things. A couple things. All, <laughs> <Just> a couple. <laughs> all the time. And, and you've got these, you know, connections in lots of other cities and internationally too yeah. where you're being pulled, yeah. which is wonderful. Uh, but h- how do you blend all that? How do you make all that work? Um, sometimes it's just, Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you're in a groove, right? And everything comes together. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is chaos. And you, you do get, you do feel that stress of not being able to give a hundred percent everywhere, but it's just, you know, sometimes there's different things that are important in that moment. And you just make it through. And, you know, occasionally I have felt guilty because either I haven't been able to focus as much at work or focus as much with the kids. Um, but I also do have to remember that I am one person and you just do your best. Right. You do the best you can. And um, I talk to my kids about it all the time. And a lot of times I try to, like the last market I did, um, I brought my youngest son, he's 16, mm-hmm. with me. And he helped me out at the market. And granted, it wasn't necessarily his thing, but he's still much so a trooper. So yeah. I get to spend time with him get him off his phone for a little bit mm-hmm. and then work at the same time. Yeah. So that helped. And you put him to work, didn't you? I did. And he actually <laughs> likes it. Like we'll yeah. go to classes together and he's very excited to um, pass things out and help. And he's always mm-hmm. been my little helper. Yeah. And I think so. it's, it's great um, for kids to see mom working and mom yeah. running a business and yeah. Yeah. And to be part of it. And so, yeah, I think it just teaches him some different skills and being interactive and communication skills too, things like that. Yeah, all of that they learn. And one of the, uh, one of the posts that I I love, of course, I'm always watching you because of what you're designing. And one of your posts, you said something about many artists design during chaos and stress, and you design from a place of peace. And you can just yeah. see it in your beautiful work. Uh, it was an evening gown. There, well, I saw both an evening gown and then a wedding dress, and it, and it seemed like it just came together in hours. And um, and you could oh yeah, you could feel the piece. You looked at that and it was like that's yeah. a beautiful <laughs> dress. Because in the morning you're saying here's some lace and here's some oh I'm thinking about this or that, and then this afternoon here's this photo, and it's like it's done. She made the dress, <laughs> and it was beautiful. And sometimes I'm able to have those because people always be like, "Well, how long does it take you?" And I'm mm-hmm. like, "That that almost all the time." And a lot of artists can probably relate. That depends on mood. 
too. Yes. It's like yeah. sometimes you're just in a zone and then sometimes you cannot get right. there for the life of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to work out that way. But I have learned, especially through like COVID and a bunch of things that have been so chaotic or disrupted people's lives that I have found that I can do my quickest, easiest work when I feel like my life is just so in a way and peaceful. And just, I mean, with doing a lot of things, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, my life can be pretty chaotic. It and is. It's always something different. <laughs> but <laughs> so. That's wonderful. Yeah, everybody works differently. Yes. Tell us about living your purpose. And um, oh, yeah. I, I see so, where you're making a difference, but I, I want to know what you see. Um. So I think I mostly just want to, for one, inspire other people, mm-hmm. uh, for one, to follow your dream. I like to, I always wanted to go to an art school myself as a kid, and I had these like, big dreams of what I thought I was going to do, and having kids a little bit younger, that didn't seem to happen, and for the longest time, I was like, okay, well then, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that when I got my sewing machine, I was like, you can do whatever you want, right. however you want, wherever you want, you right. want, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the traditional way. If you right. want it bad enough, you will make it happen. Mm-hmm. So I just tell people my backstory a little bit because like, I mean, I didn't go to school for this. I was self-taught and I was still able to make it to Paris Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. Um, so being in the classroom uh, is one of my favorite things really talking to kids and when it comes to just going after your dreams and then as well as sustainability in the industry that's something that is very important to me getting to see other people hear about what's going on educating them and seeing their reactions and hopefully helping to solve um, or at least help solve the, the problem that we face in our industry. Right. At least in your little corner of the world. This is something... At least in my little, yeah. In yeah. my little, if I can just change mm-hmm. one little, one person's right. you know, mind, I feel good. <laughs> right. Which is part of what you do when you do your workshops. And they're educational as well. Not only educational in terms yeah. of um, design and fabric um, and tailoring, but also educational in terms of the environment. And yeah. th- this is how... Um, garments come to us and this is how fabric is treated and these are the, mm-hmm. the different chemicals that are used mm-hmm. that we wear and here are other ways to do it and here's why it's important and you kind of step through all of that very softly you, you know you don't lecture but you no no and it's, you it's educate. just about presenting yeah. mm-hmm. it's about presenting like the facts um that i have found um, never, of course, pushing views on anybody, mm-hmm. but I found like, but I do find I thought just like when I started doing it in the beginning, I just went down this rabbit hole where I just like wanted to talk about it and so excited. And most people don't know a lot about it. And so I felt like it wasn't really being retained. Um, but people would very kindly listen. So I was like, okay, like, what can I do to make it more of a conversation? And I, that's honestly how I began doing more of the on-site tutorials. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, when people are making things with their hands, they're having fun, and they seem to be more interactive in our conversation. And I need to, like, really have a conversation about 
the industry, why I chose to do this, about um, the coloring then and how it's made out of tree bark. And it was just, um, it ended up being a great conversation then. And I have a lot of people who would just be like, I never would have imagined to even consider questioning any of those things. So they seem to look at things a little bit differently exactly. now, which I right. appreciate. Yeah, good. So tell us, uh, what's next for you? Um, it seems like a lot of things there's, <laughs> at the moment. There's quite a few things up in the air that um, I'm not, I'll share soon. Some okay. exciting new things. Okay. But I know that we're working on the Peoria Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. Super, super excited about that. Um, I am going to continue. I have quite a few things lined up for different high schools to continue to go yes. in and speak. Um, still, still my usual, my mm-hmm. usual stuff yeah. um, that I do. Okay. And hopefully a few really new, exciting things coming up in uh, the next year. Okay. Well, <laughs> And we may have to circle back with you, Miss Lily. I may have to call you next yeah. year and say, okay, now what? Yeah, from yes, the, the girl who absolutely. bought her sewing machine at Walmart and then went to Paris Fashion Week. <laughs> that one. Uh, yeah, what's she going to do next? Yeah, they actually recently reached out to me because um, I think he must have just noticed that I was doing the natural dyes and okay. actually sent me a big, long message about how how proud of you know me they are and Wonderful. all this. Love that. So that might be, we might go back there and actually do that show again. Great. So So what encouragement, tell us what encouragement you have for other millennials. Um, The biggest piece of encouragement would be just to always stay true to you Mm -hmm. and do what you you want to do. Follow your dream. Um, Be in your peace. Be in Mm -hmm. your purpose. Um, no matter what's going on around you. Um, I know it's hard sometimes to not listen to -hmm. everything else around you, but um, just always do you. Be authentic. Love yourself, love others. Keep it going. Good. Wonderful. You give me peace just listening to you, Lily. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Um, and thank you. thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I always love talking to you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have a kindred spirit there. Yeah, on yes. several levels. Yes, yes. yes, very much so. And thank you to our listeners. Thanks for joining us. Don't miss a podcast. You can find us on rockstarmillennials.com, on Apple, Pie, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes. And until next time, talk soon. To share your thoughts about this episode, Subscribe to future podcasts, submit a discussion topic, or shine a light on a rock star millennial in your world. Contact Catherine Spitznagel at rockstarmillennials.com and click on Contact Us. Contact Us.